0: Today begins a brand new series here on Truth for Today, a little mini-series simply entitled Awaiting His Return. How do we do that? Well, let's talk about that next. Join us. You've been redeemed, set free, liberated, bought with the blood of Christ. So what do you do now? I mean, all of this is taking place that you might have eternity with the one who purchased you, our Heavenly Father. In the meantime, what are we to be about? Awaiting His Return is the title of our series. Today, How to Live Until Jesus Comes. It's a practical look at how we live our lives as Christians until the return of Jesus. Join us for today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Here's Pastor Phil
1: Howard. I want to speak on uh, how to live until Jesus comes. How to live until Jesus comes. And uh, five ways we ought to be living. Number one, we ought to be waiting as those who know that the King's coming will be unexpected. That's number one. Number two, we ought to wait as stewards Who must give an account of our service? We ought to wait as stewards who must give an account of our service. Three, we ought to wait but be prepared for a long delay. Fourthly, we ought to wait as a slave who must take his master's goods and make them gain a profit. And finally, We ought to wait while showing compassion on the king's brothers and do this unselfishly and unconsciously. And you'll see this in the text. We should be waiting as those who know that the king's coming, no matter when it happens, will be unexpected. Unexpected. Verse 36. He's talked about an outline of the last day events abomination, of desolation, and everybody's got a theology on how this is going to work out. But then after he's explained this, he, in a series of about four parables, he just starts saying, this is what I want you to be doing when I come. This is the attitude I want you to be living with. Listen to what he says, 36. No one, including Harold Campy, Knows about that day or hour. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Now, the Son didn't know this. He has to be speaking from his human nature. He limited himself. He grew in wisdom and stature as a boy. So, in his humanity, he had self-imposed things he didn't know. As God, he knows everything. But he makes this statement. As the Son of Man, I don't even know when the Father wants me to come back. Nor do the angels, nor do any of your prophetic schemes. No one knows it. I don't care what view you got. Pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, mixed up. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Why don't you admit it? You don't know. I've been around people saying he's going to come any moment for all of my life, and he hasn't made it in 65 years. He hasn't made it in 2,000 years. He just hasn't showed up. But he says, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. And what he's really saying here, the days weren't necessary. These were not evil activities. Life was going on in its normalcy. Uh, Marriage, eating, drinking, just life was going on. The days were evil according to Genesis 6. But he's, here these things are not evil. He's just saying things were just going on. Bills were being paid. Kids were being taken to music lessons. Others life is just going on. And nobody announced a month from now the flood hits. Nobody said, "Ooh, the, I've noticed a change in the weather. Something strange. None of that. Not a clue. And all of a sudden, the flood waters start. It's over. It's happened. And in the midst of their normal way of living, boom, the flood comes. He said, that's the way I'm coming back again. Nobody will be expecting it. Nobody will know the time. Then he gives some illustrations of what will happen. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Now, some say they're taken in judgment. Some say they're taken to blessing. It's not qualified. They're just taken. The idea is separation will take place. Good, bad, it's going to be an immediate separation. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. So, there will be immediate separation. Then he goes on and gives the illustration of the thief. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. That's the principle he's laying down. Now he's going to illustrate after this what he wants us to do. But hear me. You don't know when the Son of Man may come. Did you know what? It might be today. It might be tomorrow. And it might be a thousand years from now. Right. You don't know. Oh, it's got to be soon. That's the crowd I've run with. I, I had a prophet in school that kept the thing on his uh, uh, desk. It was, was pressed. as perhaps today. Is that right? Could it be today? This crowd over here is thinking it over. Perhaps today. Yeah. Uh, Could you put on there perhaps 100 years from now? Can we last another 100 years? We've had parts of the church for 2,000 years saying we can't last another year, another decade. It's It's too bad. 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 We're still here. 1948. Israel becomes a nation. This is it. He's going to come any moment. That's it, get ready, get ready, get ready. Go stand on a tall mountain and start jumping, because we're going. <laughs> Hadn't showed up, unless I missed it. <coughs> he said, I'm just telling you, I'm coming back, and I'm not going to let you know when, but I will come when you're not least expecting it, and it's just going to break through just like the flood. It's going to come just like a thief that nobody anticipated. You don't wait around and, and leave out hot chocolate for a thief coming. You don't know he's coming. You'd never get robbed. Now, what should we be doing in the meantime? I don't know when you're going to come. What do you want me to do in the meantime? First thing he tells us he wants us to do. I want you to be waiting as a steward that must give an account of what I put you in charge of. Notice what he says. Verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household? They give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. When he comes, if he's doing what he was assigned, boy, he's going to give him further uh, trust, further things, greater blessings. But watch this now. Watch this. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The long delay, he just gives up. It's not going to happen. I give up. I'm going to be mean to the household servants. I'm going to boogie a little bit. I'm going to party and forget the second coming stuff. I'm going to do as I please. And he says he comes back. And when he comes back, he cuts him to pieces and treats him like a wicked man. I I talked to another preacher yesterday who just lost his son and uh, he told me about an old friend of ours that attended the funeral who was a uh, really a uh, high-profile preacher and everything. Well, he became a womanizer and philanderer and uh, uh, all these years he just out of church and he told my friend, he said, well, what I'm going to do, he said, I, I want to play the world's top 100 golf courses and I played 55 of them. I got 45 to go. The Lord is going to come, just like when the flood came. And at this present state, I think he's going to be chopped up in pieces. Because he gives every manifestation of being a phony. Will you be doing what the master wants you to be doing when he comes is the issue. It doesn't matter when he comes. What matters is what you're doing when he comes. What will he find us doing? Just saying, ah, I don't buy this stuff. I'm out of here. I want to party. I want to do whatever. I want to uh, be mean to people. I'm going to party. And the Lord comes and says, hey, I left you with an assignment. What have you been doing? I've been being mean and living for myself. And the Lord says, I am going to chop you to pieces, you wicked servant. Now he goes to a third parable. The Ten Virgins, chapter 25. And here he's going to say, get ready to wait for a long time and be prepared for it. Watch what he says. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them are foolish and five are wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And that wasn't the morning service. That that was the parable. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. What is he saying in this parable about ten virgins? There's been all kinds of speculation what the oil happens to be. Some says it's uh, the Holy Spirit, salvation. Be careful when you're interpreting a parable. Let it say only what Christ wants to say. Don't make it walk on all fours, as we say. It's not about the oil. It's not about Even the wise ones got sleepy and went to sleep. It's not even a rebuke of being sleepy, let's say. The emphasis is, this is the way an Oriental uh, wedding went in in Bible times. Um, The bridegroom would go to the bride's household with some of the wedding party. And when they got there, they may spend uh, time in the daytime there into the evening, rejoicing with the bride's father and the family and having a a good time. But the goal of it was then they would go through the streets and these bridesmaids, the ten virgins, uh, were used to light up these streets. They had no street lamps. And so they had these uh, torches made of rags dipped in oil. And they would light up the street, show the way, And then they would go back to the father's house. And this is where the real celebration took place. Either it was the father's house or the son had a house that he prepared for his bride. And then the celebration could go one, two, three days, just depending on wealth, how much wine, food, and accommodations they could provide. They could, man, they could party as long as they wanted, as long as the resources were there. Now what happened is five of these gals that were going to light the way, they didn't bring enough oil. They were not prepared for a long delay, and they ran out of supply. That's all he's saying. Be prepared for a long wait for the king to return. I grew up with people who believed strongly in the imminent coming of Christ any moment is going to come any moment, any moment any moment any moment any moment is that true yeah but there's an extreme that goes this way what if he doesn't come for a hundred years will you be preparing and supplying yourself uh, well we need to start a seminary no we shouldn't do that Jesus is coming oh you don't start schools no Jesus is about. don't you see the times well why do that my mother told Caroline once, I once, you shouldn't be bringing babies into this world. It's dangerous. I said, well, Mom, World War II was going on when you had me. She said, well, you started World War III. No, but I, hey, you weren't thinking about how dangerous it was when you had me. You just got pregnant. But we get to going. You get one generation of the church. All they're hoping is that their funeral plot's paid for. The other group's got their kids in the nursery. Which ones ought to be ready? Both. Some are going to rolling hills to pick out their epitaph. That's all right. And then you say, he's coming soon, he's coming soon. I, I don't want to be involved in Sunday school and church. This stuff is all passing away. Guess what? We may be here another thousand years. Some of you don't want to hear that because you don't believe the parable. But that's what he says. Do you have enough supplies for a long wait? See, I'm afraid for some so-called Christians I see. uh, They won't read through the Bibles this next year. They won't do much to improve their marriage. They probably don't have very much of a prayer life. And this is what I look. This is my fear. You too will fall away. You don't have enough supply to endure to the end. He said, those that are saved endure to the end. Do you have enough of the Word of God in you to endure hard times? Do you? Some of you, can't, you don't know the Bible, and you know I know you don't. You don't even want to talk to me about it. You're too lazy to know it. You're being entertained by videos and, and passive recreation, watching other people and the Bible. You've got to actually read it for yourself. Prayer, you've got to do. There's no video that it does it for you. You've got to show up. Not just show up just to say, I showed up, but I want to be an active part of the folks waiting for him. And I am going to get as much supply. You know, it's like when I wanted to be a preacher and started it. I had so many preachers. Thank God for my daddy and my sister back there, my brother. But they said, son, at 18, you need to get a wife and start pastoring. You're a kid preacher. You already can preach better than most of the guys you're running with. You don't need to go to school. And my daddy said, son, we've got enough ignorant preachers. Go to school. We've got enough ignorant corn-fed preachers is what he said because he's a country boy. God doesn't anoint ignorance. Some of you, you think you're anointed? No, you're just stubborn. Nobody can change your mind. Boy, it was something. By the time I got in Bible college... See, I heard people saying, Jesus is coming soon. You better win souls as soon as you can. He's coming any moment. What are you doing over there going to Bible college? Don't you know Jesus is coming? Well, i like to know the book of Romans in the meantime. <laughs> Ooh, aren't you living like he's going to come any moment? Yeah, I am. I'm getting all the oil I can in my soul because it might be a hundred years and I want to be full of the word of God whenever he comes. I want to be full of the word of God. Some of you act like the church couldn't last another hundred years. Yes, it can. Jesus is building a church that can last. Jesus is building a church that can last. The gates of hell can't prevail against this church. If we go into the year 3000, he can save, he can keep. I don't care if it's the Roman Empire, the Russian Empire, China. He can keep a church wherever he wants. He's not impotent. He's powerful. And I'm not looking to dig a hole in the ground somewhere and say, Come, Lord Jesus, because I can't stand what's going on in the... No, bring it on. Greater is he that's within us than he that is in the world. We got the line of the tribe of Judah living in us. We don't have a Twinkie Jesus. We got a powerful, mighty God. A powerful, mighty God. Quit telling me we got to get out of here because we can't make it in this world. We can make it as long as he said, I'll be with you to the end of the age. As long as he's with me, fights my battles, protects me. And he said to the father in John 17, I thank you, father. I've got everybody I came to save. Every one of these men are mine. I haven't lost any but the son of perdition that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And I want to tell you, that said, I've got sheep all over this world. I'm saving, saving. Oh, we can't survive communist China. We only got 500 million Christians there now. Well, how could that happen? It's unlawful. Well, making laws doesn't keep Jesus from saving. He can save behind any curtain he wants. He can save. Uh, well, made in this church. I met some saints uh, a few weeks back. One's from Pakistan. one from Iran. Another's from Iraq. Well, you're not supposed to be saved. You're supposed to be Muslim. I so said, I'm saved, mister. Jesus found me in Iran. Jesus saved me in Tehran. Jesus saved me in Pakistan. I said, man, that's almost as bad as where we grew up. (laughs) You're not supposed to get saved where you grew up. But Jesus is building a church. We got to quit acting like the church just can't last. It can last as long as the head of the church gives us strength and he wants us here. Those who endure to the end shall be saved some of you don't have enough oil for the end because you're running on fumes you're running uh, because the only thing they did wrong is they didn't have enough supplies because the uh, bridegroom stayed in the house too long he's having a good time with all the party festivities and their only crime was we don't have enough for a long wait now I ask you church if I called a prayer meeting tonight, would you make it? There's three. Okay. Go ahead. The rest of you by your head. We know you won't be here. I know. I've called them. You don't show. What do you think we pray for? Keep you guilty? Give you something else to do? Now we're talking about those things that maintain us. Things that, what do you do to grow? Some of you, see, America is dying on entertainment. It's dying on passivity. Our kids are obese. They're out of shape. And they're drinking five Cokes a day. And they've never done an ounce of work in their life. We wonder why we're all getting fat. Because America is sitting in front of a tube. And many Christians not engaged. we just say, come Lord Jesus. What are you doing in the meantime? I'm just saying, come. That's not the assignment. He knows when to come. He told you to be in charge of the house, and he told you, you better be ready. And if I delay my coming, you better have enough oil for a long wait.
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today, spent in God's Word to encourage you, to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ, and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that, We would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. And while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body. And we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.